<laughs> That's right. <laughs> Is that the new one? Yeah. All right, bud. Go find mommy. No. She's not very fun, is she? No. Mommy doesn't have fun toys like Daddy has fun toys. Good way to kick it off. Welcome to If You're Bored, the podcast about... Nothing. Drinking and burping. Drinking and burping. Problems um, with kids. Problems with kids. Uh, I'm Adam. That's Nate. Before we get into this, please rate, review, and subscribe because there's two of you out there and only one of you actually subscribes <laughs> to this. So uh, if we could just get those numbers up, that would be awesome. Oh, since our last um, since our last podcast, mm-hmm. um, we started an Instagram. We did. The IYB podcast. No. If you're bored, pod. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah. Nice. <laughs> We have different hashtags. Ooh, yes. So check us out on Instagram at if you're bored pod. Uh, yep. Yeah. And the hashtag whatever. whatever. I, IYB. Yeah. IYB podcast. But yeah, the, the handle if you're bored pod. Um, I think. I don't know. Adam is much better at posting stuff basically daily because he has, you have more content than I do and more, at least more interesting things to post and talk about. I don't know if that's true. Well, like, I didn't take any pictures at the car show over the weekend. Oh, you okay. Did. Yeah, that's fair. And you're just like, oh, yeah, here's a picture of an engine bag. Yeah, but it was random. And yeah. <laughs> but it was like, okay, we were out and we were at a car show. Yes. I just fair. don't think about that stuff. That's fair. Okay. So that's maybe your artistic well, mind. I'm a, or I'm a millennial and you're clearly <laughs> Gen, yeah, exactly. Gen X. Exactly. Uh, I do want to talk about what we're drinking. This is the, uh, i got to be careful with this word, Nikka <laughs> Coffee Grain Whiskey. Uh, this showed up at my doorstep literally... Uh, you dropped it off for my 40. Follow us if you're bored pod on Instagram and you'll see the picture. Yeah. This is really good. It I didn't is. even, I take it. I took a sip before we started. I didn't want to actually say anything until we actually got on the, on the mics. I really like this a lot. I feel like it's something that you could easily drink and probably should drink neat. Yes. It's like super vanilla. E right. And it's, it's a coffee whiskey, but, and when I was buying it, I asked the guys like, does it, tastes like coffee and he said no it has absolutely no coffee hint or anything no, to not it. At all. Um, what, is it what is that what does it mean? i think coffee it has still yeah there's something in the the barrel that it aged in wait is it coffee still the grain this grain whiskey is distilled in a coffee still which is a very traditional and rare patent still nika imported from scotland in 1963 the coffee still so it's it's still it's not has nothing to do with huh. coffee interesting yeah it's good, but though. it's just still spe- it's still spelled the same way. So you're just like walking around. This is a natism, walking around telling me that there's coffee in this. No, no, I said there's not coffee. And it's not that. spelled the same way. It's uh, C O F F E Y. Oh, it's yeah. a person. It's a person. Um, okay, so that was kind of like a. Then it was a dumb question for me to ask. <laughs> was it made in like coffee barrels? But it's really good, man. Uh, do they have? I guess co- coffee barrels exist. Yeah. I no. I mean, that's coffee, ba- coffee bags. roast. They're I bags. mean, they, you roast them in a metal container. If you go into Stu Leonard's, they have, they have barrels. Oh, that's right. So yeah, that's I wonder what, if, literally what I was thinking. I wonder if those impart flavors. The repurposed Stu Leonard's barrels like, that are used, are repurposed. Yeah. Uh, he sold it to me as whiskey advocate rating it the number one whiskey this year. That's amazing. Um, and I, last year was another uh, Nikka whiskey that they gave number one. 
Uh, I will say, man, it's super drinkable. It's got a lot of flavor without being um, like has, offensive. <laughs> yeah, has no bite. Right. Um, it's it's super good. Like I'm def. I already know I'm gonna have another one of these. Uh, yeah, I really, I dude, I really appreciate this because it's very yeah. good. And I got you uh, the other bottle that you'd been talking about for a while, right? Which I love. It's the uh, Jameson uh, Castmates. Yeah, and it was in um, stout barrels. Yeah, it's so good. That's I, so I haven't, good. Ha- I haven't had it. Really? I had the IPA one. Did I have it here like years ago? Oh wow. So. Okay. Sorry. Well, that shit. Maybe that's. <laughs> no, <laughs> maybe we'll fine. stop this down and do it. It's Jameson. That's kind of cheap. Um. So uh, I know that we were going to talk about the whole scandal thing that's going on with the like uh, college scandal thing. Did you want to get into this tonight, or did you want to? Oh wanna... shit. Mm, sure bring it up i what yeah what were we talking so here's i mean everyone is probably aware of this like Lori laughlin uh uh felicity huffman paying for your kids to get into college uh and using rowing as a way to do that which is interesting because nate and i both rode in college uh our parents did not pay substantial amounts of money to well they paid a lot of money for us to go to college but not to get into college uh and i think we kind of have a very unique perspective on that um, especially as it like, at least in my mind, and, and I don't want to speak for you as it relates to title nine and a right. lot of like how that keeps other people off teams, not title nine spe- specifically, but like how paying into the school can, can affect other people who are legitimate athletes from participating in these sports, which is kind of heartbreaking to know that, well, if your parents are millionaires, I mean, I guess this is the way of the United States right now, but right. like yeah. if your parents are rich enough, you can do anything, right? Yeah, so it came up because we, because I think I sent you a news story, right? Yeah, and why crew is specifically targeted by these parents because, um, what these co- coaches and what these colleges need, they need girl athletes, uh, specifically colleges that have giant like football programs right. or basketball programs. They need to kind of offset that cost. And for those of you that don't know, Title Nine is great in practice and it really it means that the, the amount of money that you spend on men men's sports you have to spend on women's sports. You need to be sports. offset with a woman's sport. Um, and so to do that these colleges with big football and basketball programs flood the uh, girls sports with just people. So just to speak on my my end I was on the varsity rowing team at the University of Miami. It was an NCAA sport sanctioned by the university. We were part of the athletic department. Well men's rowing is not NCAA. No, but we were still but under like the semi-governed. By we were, yeah. That. I had to like get drug tested and yep. all that. Um, so, but thank you for pointing that out. Um, <laughs> but Miami has a very large football program, and uh, to, Title Nine was really kind of kicking into gear just as I started going there. I mean, Title Nine's been around since like the seventies. Yeah, right. Yeah. But in terms of like them enforcing it and making sure that everything is kind of like tit for tat no offense on that uh they really want to make sure that everyone had or, or that the schools are up to up to par on that so when i say that title nine is great in practice it is it absolutely is yeah but at the risk of other sports kind of falling away and crumbling right totally so while i was at the university of miami my program was part of the athletic department until my senior year when they kicked us out oh really yeah Along with swimming and diving, men's swimming and diving, men's crew. Shit. Gone. So they just they axed the program. Yes. Because they wanted to give no support because they they had to do it for women's programs. Because they needed to have the numbers offset. Yeah. They because we were taking money essentially away from the football program. 
Interesting. So they just moved into the club teams? Moved into club teams, and we were on our own. Damn. Yeah. And it doesn't exist anymore. It's gone. Oh, that sucks. So, but my point here is that they would bring novice women on to the rowing team. Yep. And those girls were instantly part of the athletic department. So these girls with no rowing experience, nothing. Were brought in. Were brought in. And and again, I love Title IX. I think it's a great idea, you know, to... to, But... But you're, you're sacrificing... Athletes for for numbers right. for just people in boats, literally seats in boats, and you're unfortunately sacrificing a lot of good people out there who want to row for. And this sounds sexist, but it's literally it literally happened for just girls that were like, "Oh, wouldn't it be fun to say I did? I was on the rowing team." Well, and to just be basically financially and athletically supported through four years of school. Yeah, I uh, mean, I there is some sort of scholarship going on there too, which I don't totally know i mean the, clearly the novice girls were not getting scholarships at right. least at my school but isn't there there's academic help there's that, yeah. in some of these programs there's, there's like special food plans and programs absolutely that you get nutritionists you get you get treated very well yeah um but you know if you're a guy and you're not in the football program or the basketball program you're not you're, you're kind of get the shaft so if you look at like the university of miami now they'll list all the sports they have and i think there's like men's track and field which was just convenient because the football players were all on the track team yeah there's football there's basketball there's baseball and i think there's tennis but on girls there's rowing there's track and field there's tennis there's golf there's uh squash is swimming and diving like soccer and and volleyball i mean just it goes on and on because they have to offset for everything else so it's just kind of uh like i wish there was a better way to do it equally totally versus just pulling in literally girls off the street to to, to account for the numbers yeah. yeah i get that um but when it as it relates to this thing it's kind of like schools need these women athletes right and they need to get them in and hey if you're gonna pay two hundred thousand dollars extra or whatever it was i was it five hundred yes some of them were like cheap payments 10 grand quote unquote cheap yeah uh but up to half a million dollars i think yeah right just to get your girl into school I mean, that's desperate. Why don't you, you should have spent that money on educating that kid to just get into the school on their own. (laughs) I mean, well, yeah. And then think about, think about, let's take athletics out of this. Think about that seat that's going to that person when you have, you know, Joe Schmo from nowhere who doesn't have a lot of money, who's probably much more talented and much smarter or much more able, they get denied. And that's, that's just a really shitty way to do it. Yeah. The, the, the pay to play stuff that goes on, uh, we won't talk politics, but right. certainly in politics. Um, and then in this, you know, wealthy affluent, uh, areas of, of college admissions and other private school admissions and stuff is insane. Yep. And it's no wonder everybody looks at this and you see this big of a scandal come out and say, yeah, all right, the system truly is rigged. Yeah. And here's a great prime example of it totally. and how deep and widespread it was. Yeah. It was just insane. And and this is just one guy that got caught. Yeah. This goes on yeah. across the board. Think, I, I mean, so you, in Fairfield County, you've definitely heard of people who pay for college advisors and they have yeah. kids. And I have a couple friends. Uh, one of their kids is getting into uh, sophomore, junior year in high school. Mm-hmm. And they're talking about paying a college advisor. And it's to the tune of like five figures a year. Holy shit. To pay for this person to just advise their kid on the best path to college. It doesn't even doesn't really guarantee you know any entry to any particular school, right? Um, but it's you know, unfortunately, when it's that competitive, like those major major checks 
and costs <laughs> are what like try to get your kid to stand out. Yeah. And so if you have a lot of money, right. it's just like, hey, if I just have to pay, you know, 200 grand, 100 grand, 500 grand and just gets my kid to the front of that line to wealthy parents are like, sure, no problem. I, I read in some of these stories that most of the, half the parents didn't even know what they were doing was that illegal. So oh, wow. I don't know if they're <laughs> saying that just in complete blind stupidity yeah, like in a court case. Yeah. Exactly. So they can just claim, you know, Jesus. quote unquote ignorance. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, also it speaks to just the kind of secret weird bubble world that some of those crazy wealthy people live in yeah. that they don't, they really don't think the law applies to them and that totally. money can fix most of those things. Yeah. So, but it's just like even knowing some people that are willing to spend a lot of money on a college advisor just to get hopefully their kid into the top school. When in reality, like, yes, there are differences between the top 10 schools and the bottom 10 schools in the country. Absolutely. But the reality is your kid's going to go to a school and as long as they make the most of it, they're going to end up a lot better off at the end of those four years Absolutely. and hopefully in a position to, you know, go on and excel. You know, I heard a, this, this is a little off topic, but I heard a, a stat that said that it's better to not go to your reach school. It's better to go to like a safety school where you can really excel. Excel. Yeah, I get um, I totally believe that. Cause you're not going to, it's not that you're not going to work your ass off. You're going to work your ass off, hopefully no matter where you go, yeah. but you'll actually get more chances and, and a better experience if you're not like struggling all four years, but Instead you're drowning just, in, yeah. in your academics. Yeah. Um, I get that. But, but specifically back to the rowing thing, USC was targeted as um, a big school that was faulted for this. And I had a friend uh, in high school who was a female rower, got recruited and scholarship to USC. No shit. And when she was there, this is when I learned the whole true Title IX distribution of, yeah. of money with an offset <laughs> from a football team. Yeah. She would come home like every you know Thanksgiving break, winter break, spring break, whatever. Brand new pairs of shoes, air, um, uh, Apple shuffles. What? Uh, like just, why, why would you get that? They were just like, we have so much money that we need to spend to show that it's equivalent to the, oh. uh, to the football team. Interesting. And so every single one of their athletes was just getting fresh new uh, athletic I, gear. I will say that the men's team, one we were a part of that, got like I. They did get good gear. Yeah, I could just walk in and be like, "I need new shoes." Oh, really? All yeah. right, so that's kind of legit, <laughs> uh, which was cool. And yeah. I got, I had a bunch. I mean, I still have jackets with uh, UM shit on it. That's UM awesome. Rowing. All but, right, that's cool. But yeah, I mean, it was. It, I think it was because we saw that what the girls were getting, yeah. but they had new boats. We had old boats. Yeah. I mean that, and that really is, that's where it kind and of, that, and that's to. the other things they would get new $50,000 boats every single year. Which just like crazy. no questions asked the, yeah. that, that boat that's only a year old and can last for 10 years would just get shuffled down to like the two V or whatever it was. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, but it was funny. They singled out USC and they singled out the coxswain's position because well, yeah. they would just say, listen, we could, it could be any girl she has and in the article they said really no physical abilities whatsoever other than just having to quote unquote steer a boat well but also if 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 a 200 girl who is or a 200 pound girl who is six feet showed up i'd be like no, no you're no, not no. on a coxswain yeah. no they're like Lori laughlin's daughter who's you know five seven and 110 pounds right probably yeah uh, so um and then there was a they mentioned something. Oh, there was a rowing coach, a former Harvard uh, rowing coach, was quoted right. as saying, "Hang on a second. How did the coach at USC and at some of these other schools where um, they were targeted? How did they not do just their basic due diligence and look up this athlete's 
package as they're right. making an application. They're talking to the admissions office like, hey, we're going to give a scholarship to whatever the girl's name yeah, is. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, and she says she's a coxswain on her high school rowing team. Oh, yeah, great. Bring her in and like give her the scholarship. How do you not, like just right. search on Google who that like, is? Call her high school coach. Yeah, it's so basic. And it it's a really small world, the rowing world. It's super so it's small. surprising that it was that targeted and and that accepted. Dude, you're uh, kidding. In like, a lot of these schools. Yeah. I mean, like if someone were to show up and, and you were much more into like especially high school rowing than I was, but if, if someone showed up and they were like, "Hey, I rode for blah blah blah." There'd be three people on that team and be like, oh, so you know, blah, 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 and yeah. all this. And and the fact that, like, these kids showed up and they're like, oh, yeah, I used to row here. And no one asked, like, oh, where did you really row? And you did can, they actually can... row on the team or did they just get, like, redshirted or something? I don't know. I think they yeah. just got the scholarship and showed up. Like, Jesus. Wait, Lori Laughlin? 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 Did her kids actually row and get scholarships? No, I don't remember if it was her daughter that... Um, I thought they just got admitted. Was the... That's what I think it is. I think they would get admitted to the school, yeah, and then they wouldn't follow up with like the scholarship, holy uh, shit. paperwork or whatever it was. Um, but it was just yeah, it was a matter of getting accepted, and then once they're there, they can say, oh, you know what, she's actually not going to row anymore. She's going to lose her scholarship though. Ah, that's all right. You know what? Well, <laughs> we can do without the scholarship. It's like yeah, screw you, dude. Uh, it and was, think about yeah, that girl that wanted to get that yeah, scholarship. Yeah, exactly. That's just getting yeah, shafted. It's it's messed up. So who knows? Now they're all pleading not guilty to, uh, to their crimes because they, they got off on the first one with just a slap on the wrist and they had to do community service and pay some fines and stuff. Yeah. And now there's like all these civil lawsuits. They're saying, <sighs> nope, you should go to jail and you yeah. guys are assholes. Jesus, man. Uh, yeah, it's kind of, it's pretty messed up. But yeah. So. What? I don't know what came over me yesterday uh, or today, but I was like, I have a laundry list of random ass things that I could talk about and bring to the podcast. I, I have nothing. Dude, great. I like great. was like drained at work today. Uh, I have like nothing to talk about. So let me, um, I'll start with a really great story that I, I realize I, I haven't told you. Um, you know, we have a Subaru Crosstrek. Yes. <clears throat> um, my brother was driving it out of the city uh, two weeks ago, two weeks ago to the day. Okay. Uh, he did an early morning delivery. So he's like, coming shit, out. Did he hit my car? No. <laughs> I was like, oh my God. I think I was driving out of the city at the same yeah. time. We have a Subaru. You have another car. You remember that car that you hit? Oh, right. Um, yeah. No, he was driving. It was early in the morning. It was like six 30. Uh, he just done an early delivery and, um, I think the car had been serviced a few days prior, uh, to him okay. driving like oil change and whatever. It's still a fairly <laughs> new car. It's two years old. It's got 30 something thousand miles on it. Uh, yeah, but you guys, I mean, that's like, yeah, we do. Cars, so you, we, that's, we, we and it's all highway miles, miles essentially. <coughs> Not that that matters. Yeah, no, it's, um, but he's, uh, yeah, sure. Sorry guys. We're filling up. We're right topping now. off. Yeah. We're like not even 20 minutes in onto the second drink. <laughs> Good, man. Uh, uh, so sorry. He's uh, he's driving out of the city. He's driving out of the city. Just and um, yeah, he crosses over into Connecticut and he hears like this ping and, and bouncing around noise underneath the undercarriage of the car. And he figured, OK, maybe I ran over a rock or something kicked yeah. up um, as he's going along. All of a sudden he sees something on the dash flicker. And as he looks down, nothing there. OK, whatever. What? Keeps driving. Wait, OK, sorry. I won't interrupt. Sees another little thing down on the dash flicker that catches his eye. He looks down, nothing. Finally, the third time it catches his eye and the engine oil light is coming on and off. And it's like flickering on and off on the dashboard. And he's like, okay, whatever. And then keeps driving. All of a sudden he gets to this uh, incline in the road. Uh, and as he goes to accelerate, 
the car all of a sudden, boom, oil light comes flashing right on, steady. Oil temperature and engine temperature gauge go up really high. Oh, and the car starts to shudder and like shake. So he broke the oil line or something. Oh, get to it. Oh, no. So he he was like, oh, shit. So he comes off the accelerator, gets up the hill, and luckily, right at the top of the hill is, is an exit. And he pulls off in the exit ramp and can't barely make it to the end of the exit ramp as the car is shuddering and shaking (laughs) to a halt stops he turns it off and he puts in park turns it off he was like oh crap gets out of the car looks under it looks behind the car and just this trail of oil oh god and will he was like okay should i let me see if i can start the car again he started the car but the oil light was immediately on and engine temperature went up the engine well, Uh-oh. and he's like, all right, let me turn it off. So he turns it off. He, t- he texts me. He goes, oh, crap, the car just died. Uh, called my dad. I think his dad, my dad uh, picked him up, got a tow truck, and brought it to the Subaru dealership. And as they're on the way to the dealership, he called him. He said, hey, this is what happened. And the guy's like, okay, come right in. He got there. said the service manager was white in the face, just saying, all right, I think I have an idea of what happened. Uh, go take whatever loaner car you want. Um, we're going to need this for a few weeks. A few weeks? Yeah. And Will is like, okay, let me get this. Let me, let me see if I got this right. Um, the engine lost oil pressure, right? The guy's like, yeah, you know, underneath the little, uh, the little service hole that the mechanic uses to drain all the oil out of the engine. Yeah. That fell out and the car just dumped all of its oil out in like a matter of four minutes. And on the acceleration up that hill, it had yeah. no oil in the engine and completely seized and killed the oh, engine. Oh my God. Did it actually kill the engine? They're replacing the entire thing. Holy yeah. shit. So he, the Dude. car had whatever, 30,000 miles on it, two years now old. It has zero miles on and it. And <laughs> so I was talking to, I was talking to Fred about this today. I was like, do you reset that odometer now? Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. everything else on the car has got 30,000 miles yeah. on it. My parents had to have a car that had an engine replaced. They don't, or they didn't in the eighties replace okay. the uh, odometer. See, I was thinking though, they should replace the car entirely because it is a car that we own. Right. So it's not a it's not a lease or anything. It's not like Subaru is going to get that car back and right. then have to then go resell it and deal with the Carfax report and all that stuff. It's a car right. that the Kellys own, and on that Carfax report, it's going to say. You know, in year two at 30,000 miles, the engine was replaced. And it doesn't matter who you are, but anybody that goes <laughs> to buy that car afterwards, yeah. it's you're, it's going to say it has a new engine and you're going to ask a question. It's not going to have the same value. And you don't think? I, I, I really I mean, don't I would think, think so. Holy shit, brand new engine. This car is actually worth more than it is on paper. I think somebody royally messed up that car, drove it so poorly that they had to replace the engine. I don't think technician fucked up and oh. the dealership is doing them right by giving them a new engine. Yeah, I mean that's a tough call. I feel like it could go either way. Totally. I, so I, he just he whatever. I, I let him him make the decision whatever he yeah, wants. Yeah, but you to. guys drive cars into the ground. So I, know. I don't think you're going to resell that car. That yeah, car's and that's gonna, the thing. Is like maybe that that probably is going to be a car that we'll hold on to for a while. Um dude, he's lucky he wasn't like on the Crossbox Express. Exactly. The fact that he had already gotten into the city, did yeah. what he had to do, and was coming home. And it yeah. wasn't like I think he left uh he left Connecticut at four thirty or five o'clock in the morning 
to get this delivery in and he didn't it didn't have an issue going down so at least coming home so it just kind of it was probably like a screw it was just loose enough yeah like holy but that just makes you realize how how sensitive a car can be whether it's a car from even the 50s or today just that one little cap comes out and boom engine is done unless it's a tesla Unless it's no moving parts. <laughs> that's right. So that's, that's your... crazy, man. Well, I'm glad it's it seemed to work out. Did he get a good loader or what? Um, sort of. He got a an Impreza. Okay. Um, oh, nice. Those are fun. Not the hatchback one, the, okay. the sedan one. That's okay. But the new ones, they're actually. I got in the car. I was like, wait, this is kind of a nice car. Like yeah. it's got full car play. It's got uh, even on cloth seats, they're heated. Oh, nice. um, very basic things, but it's you know okay. what? These are nice basic things. I I don't know if I ever told you this, but uh, a good friend of mine in high school had the Subaru WRX. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and she was living in San Francisco. I went out to uh, to visit her, and she's like, "Dude, you got to you got to take this car for a spin." Like the the STI WRX, like the rally car. Oh yeah, version. and I'm like, okay. So we're in downtown San Francisco, and <sighs> it's manual, and it's like super touring, or not touring, but you know, like like cross country, like yeah, 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 real like rally car shifts and all that stuff. Yep. It's and a I'm short shift too, sh- super short shift. She's got like the metal pedals. I'm like, <laughs> dude, this thing is fucking awesome. And she's like, you gotta like fly it off these hills. And oh I'm yeah, like that's right. Launching off hills, I'm like, <laughs> like I don't know if, how familiar you are with uh, San Francisco, yeah, but like just the up and downs, up and of downs, the... like all over like Knob Hill and Russian yeah. Hill, and I'm just like flying through the streets of San Francisco, living my dream. Probably one of the best experiences I've ever had in a car. <laughs> I got out of there and I was like, and it was the middle of the night too. It was just like it was awesome. Oh, that's fun. it was so much like, fun. Like Nick Cage out of the Rock. Yeah, literally. Except <laughs> I was in a Subaru, but yeah, it was awesome. And I was like, I, I almost came home and bought that car since I lived in New York and I didn't want, I didn't. Yeah. You don't need a car in the cities. I want to take like one of those rally cars on a dirt track or something or like go strict hardcore off road with them. Uh, but I just like, I feel like we're, yeah, we're in new England, but there aren't places to go do that. No, not around here. And even if you do own your own car, cause I've owned Jeeps and I've looked for all the trails that you can go on. They are so highly protected. Yeah. Uh, between these Jeep communities, you have to like join into a Jeeper community yeah. and then they're like, Hey, this is where we go meet to go trail crawling for the weekend. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to do that. I don't care about, you know, <laughs> I don't want to see people. Yeah. I just want to go drive my own car. I don't want right. to talk to you about your car also. Yes. Um, but that sounds like fun. This car is not the uh, not the WRX, not, not the one that we can go throw around. That's on okay. The street. It's but they're the, fun cars. It is, and it's all wheel drive. It's got the eyesight thing, so yeah. it like drives itself. That's awesome. Um, so, uh, more recent Tiger Woods winning. Uh, yeah. Can I? I well, go. go no, 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 no. Go. You said can I? I think you. I so, think you have a problem with it. I didn't have a problem with it. Not at all. Oh, okay. So growing up, like my dad and I would play golf a little bit, but my dad wasn't a big golfer. Yeah. Uh, and I wasn't like a tremendous golfer, <clears throat> but like a lot of, t- like we never really like watched sports t- together or anything like that. He was always into like basketball. I never got really into basketball. He watched football. I didn't get into football really until I got into college. Um, but he, he they were taking care of my, my daughter on, on Sunday and then they were replaying the masters and I hadn't seen it. Oh, you had. I mean, because I, I texted you. I, I, you texted me, but I was at a family. Function, oh, sure, you at that party, and I couldn't. Um, but I knew the, I knew the outcome, and my dad was dropping off my daughter, and he was like, "Hey, did you did you watch the Masters?" I'm like, "I'm actually watching it right now." 
do you want to come watch like the last four holes? And he's like, yeah. Do you know who won? And I was like, yeah. And I told him and I probably ruined it for him. <laughs> he's like, oh my God. And my dad and I like bonded over this. We yeah. haven't like watched golf. I don't know if we've ever watched golf together. And it was just so much fun to like actually like sit there and actually talk to him about it. It really was. Uh, I, I got sucked into it. I, I think I was, I was trying to do something that day. Um, and I, I realized that, uh, the tea times had all been pushed early. Oh, we had just gotten back from the car show, I guess. Right. Which I didn't know until you told me that they yeah. got pushed back. Cause I was planning on watching it all afternoon and then seeing that it was early. It started like shit. five hours early or something. Yeah. Um, and so I, I turned it on on the TV and I was like, okay, you know, I knew he was in the final grouping, uh, and that he was close. But, but it was all tied. There were like six. six yeah, but guys. Molinari choked on like the twelfth oh, or the yeah, it was somewhere on the back something. Nine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh shit, wait, this this might happen. And then yeah. Tiger sunk a a birdie putt to take the lead on his own. Yeah. And I was like, okay. And I just sat on the couch and I watched the whole thing. And I it just it took me over. And you cry? did you cry, dude? I I teared up. Yeah. yeah. And uh, Jim Nance literally said at the moment that I really I started to focus on the fact that I was I was tearing up and crying yeah. he goes if you're not emotional right now and if you're not tearing <laughs> up then you don't know what human emotions are like, wow there was something so bizarrely strangely powerful about it it's i just a thought great it was redemption so cool. story it's a great redemption and what's story. funny about his redemption story he was a he was an addict uh yeah and had personal issues but he happened to be an addict of sex not of like drugs or alcohol right. or you know something really bad um Fair. and so people have basically just completely forgiven him for misgivings you know he was yeah. married he had, he had family and everything and he was not he wasn't exactly a loyal no husband no um but it's just i think it was just really cool to see him come back in that way with all the struggles and things that he's gone through you know the surgery personally the, and then the health the four yeah. back surgeries um and you could just see it in his face that that whole sunday through all 18 holes that he was just like, I'm going to be focused. I'm going to figure this Super out. Super focused. Absolutely. And, and then how thrilled and excited he was at the end. It wasn't just like in his heyday when he was just winning all these tournaments right. and it was just another, you know, master's win and another. Yeah, it was, uh, this was almost more legitimate now. Yeah. He was like, holy crap, this I actually earned. The other stuff was God given talent. Cause I was a young phenom. Right. This I earned at 42 years old. Yeah. Working my ass off. Yes. And it was really cool to see that. Absolutely. And you know, the hug from his son. Yeah. I mean, it was just, it was awesome. Like the whole thing was, yeah. Even if you don't like golf, it was a really cool moment. Exactly. Um, and just even better that I got to share it with my dad. Yeah, that's true. You know, I shared it with my dog, but well, that's all right. <laughs> she man. didn't really know what was going on. <laughs> um, less interesting was uh, Lewis Hamilton winning oh. Chinese Grand Prix again. Did you actually watch the whole thing? I did. What'd you think? I did. I was. Uh, I well, first of all, um, sorry everybody that doesn't care about Formula One and the strategy involved here. We'll let you guys know when yeah. the Formula One talk starts. Um, the oh, I guess the only couple interesting things in it were when uh, Ferrari told Leclerc to back off so that Vettel could go around. Right. Yep. Um, for those that don't know, Vettel is the number one driver. Leclerc is the number two driver. Maybe not for long. Uh, yeah, exactly. Um, and Leclerc is like a, a child, 20 years old, 21. Yeah, something like that. Um, and Vettel's been with Ferrari and has won championships for them um, and is 31. Uh, and they let him around and Leclerc was pissed off, but he knew, okay, those are company orders. I'm going to listen to him right now because it's only my third race with this team. Right. Um, and then Vettel still couldn't get away. And yeah. They were just as equally fast. Yep. Uh, and then they screwed Leclerc 
like two more times in pit strategy because they were yes. trying to get Vettel set up to to go beat um, Mercedes. I mean, Vettel ended up getting third, which is still good, but he's not happy with that. And right. Ferrari just seems to be totally fucking themselves right now. Yeah. I don't get it. You know, they've been doing this for the past couple of years, and they got the new manager now. And they, you know, I mm-hmm. thought they, or I thought they were gonna figure it out, get, get some new blood. And no, man. And they have fast cars. Their cars yeah. are great on the straights. They're man. the fastest cars out there. Yeah, no denying it. Right, and they just. And I don't even know if it's a driving thing because Vettel sat on the best lap time for, I mean, a majority of the race, majority of the race. Right. So it may just come down to the strategy. It may come down to their shitty strategy. Mercedes has it figured out. Like watching, watching their strategy in, uh, was it the first race in Australia? Uh, I think that's what got them that win. Yes. Uh, and then Bahrain, you know, it was Leclerc's engine gave out. Right. And so, which is, you know, which is a win. shame. Yeah, it sucks. But it is also still incredible that Mercedes has gone one, two in the first three races. Yeah. Um, like, I, I actually, I really like Botas. Something about him. Yeah. I like Hamilton kind of growing on me because now that he's a little bit older, you could tell, you know, he, he knew Leclerc won Bahrain. Yes. And it just sucked that his, yes. his engine busted. Totally. Um, and he was like a, your brother. Your brother is yeah, basically Leclerc. <laughs> exactly. But he was a, he was a humble winner because he's yeah. like, I didn't deserve that. You race better than I did. Yes. Um, I will say that we're, we're doing this fantasy F1 yeah. team and I, <laughs> decimated my team and just i, I think I, t- I don't have ferrari anymore i got rid of Vettel. oh really i think i have hamilton i have hamilton i know i have hamilton you sucker i know i i'm like well i want points you just restarted your team <laughs> basically okay yeah i i did give up vettel i didn't give up ferrari maybe i still uh, have ferrari i mean it would be it would be stupid to to not get mercedes but i feel like that's too easy like that's cheating and it's also it's too top heavy because then you have to backfill with just Daniel Kvyat and all that. Right. Williams. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's true. <laughs> and I I also have to kind of, because my wife's company is a major <laughs> sponsor <laughs> of Ferrari, I kind of have to. Yeah, damn it. It's her fault that. I kind of want to find are... some sort of blame in my wife for them not uh, succeeding. Uh, Leclerc's car in the last race was a software issue, uh, malfunctioning, managing the engine. Was it really? Yeah. It oh. was, it was a, um, it was like a turbo issue and, uh, and then a cylinder gave out. Let's talk to my wife. Yeah. That's on her. Well, yeah, it really was her. Holy shit. Yeah. She says she's busy. She's not even doing anything. What the fuck? She can't even take care of a child, <laughs> let alone a formula one car. <laughs> They're both uh, well oiled machines. Well, that's <laughs> weird to say. Um, sticking with the car theme. Did you see the last episode of grand tour? I did. What'd you think? Um, the episode was fine. I mean, I, I have no connection to Ford. Yeah, know, yeah, yeah, that whole story. But I'm, I'm thinking more about the end. Did you expect that? Um, I didn't expect the emotion, and I'm still rather confused as to what is going on. Um, I know that the Grand Tour is no longer doing the tent, and they're just going to kind of do the specials, which I've always enjoyed the specials. Those were always kind of my favorite thing. Yeah. Um, but when Clarkson started tearing up, I I, I think you've seen this, right? Yeah, now. yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was like, wait, what's what's happening? Like, shape is this over? Like in, in the way he said it was that, yes, it's over, but we're still making more. Yeah. It was weird. Cause they faded out of that, uh, final Ford, uh, scene. They're right. talking about the uh, funeral Mondeo, thing. um, yeah. going out. Yeah. And it was the whole funeral scene. That was weird. I was like, yeah. okay, whatever. Um, and you could tell he was a little bit choked up and you're right. like, oh, wow. Okay. He really did connect with this Ford car. Yeah. And then he goes, and I'm afraid to say, you know, this is the last time we're doing this. 
And that's when I was like, oh, shit. Are they just dropping a bomb on us right now? They're ending totally. the Grand Tour. Yeah. And it really felt like that. And I and I was like, holy crap. Okay. And Richard and, and uh, James like weren't nearly as emotional. And you could tell no. that this is Jeremy's brainchild was was Top yeah. Gear, right? Yes, uh, and you know I read an article about that today. I think where he's saying I didn't he he was sort of looking at it like I didn't get to say goodbye to Top Gear. He was just yeah, yeah excommunicated. Yeah. Um, and so I think this was sort of his way of kind of saying goodbye to all of that. Yep. And then just going into these specials because he's still going to go hang out with with Richard and James. Yeah, uh, and they're still going to go do their fun things. But the what I liked, I mean, of course, the specials are awesome and like the big grand things that they go yeah. do. But the banter back and forth on stage is a lot of fun. It's always fun, and they don't have that anymore in front of a, a crowd. Right. Um, but it's also just interesting. I guess I mean Amazon paid a lot of money to have them. Right. And they probably just see the money in the the grand tours and specials yeah. that they do. Well, they were also saying that unlike TV. You can see when people actually fast forward on Amazon. Like, you know, when they're fast forwarding. Gotcha. And people so. were kind of fast forwarding through that, the tent scenes and just going straight to the, the Interesting. Pre-produced, pre-produced pieces. So I think they sort of said, hey, let's do less of that and do more of what people want. So when I watched uh, Top Gear on Netflix, mm-hmm. I would always skip through the celebrity parts. Like, I just... Yeah. I wasn't interested in it. A couple of them I was kind of interested in, but otherwise yeah. I was like, eh. Well, a lot of times they were care. like esoteric celebrities that yeah. i didn't know who yeah they were. exactly yeah, especially because it was all bbc um mm-hmm. just what we didn't understand it as much we didn't get it as yeah. much um so at least they're not going away because i was like only no. four seasons or three seasons three in seasons amazon grand Tour. paid that much yeah uh so at least they're uh it's it's the one show that i watch and i i hate when it's over like I'm like yeah. sometimes like yeah. even with Game of Thrones I'm like all right this is good yeah, for one week breath. but now like with with uh, with uh, Grand Tour I just want to keep watching it I'm just like I really enjoy it I rewatch the seasons all the time yeah like doesn't matter how many times I've seen the episode I go yeah, back totally. and I rewatch it and like it's the only season or it's the only show that I'm like oh cool it's Thursday night so I know that they're gonna push push the new episode yeah that's right I get really excited for that yeah that's right I like twelve oh one or I guess three oh one because they go Pacific time. Uh, a new episode is up. So like I yeah. wake up on Friday and I'll be eating breakfast and like, I don't want to watch the news. Oh shit. There's top gear yeah, or yeah. grand tour. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Put it on. But yeah, absolutely. Um, oh shit. Speaking of the news, the fire. Yeah. Notre Dame that. So Tiger Woods hooked me on Sunday. Yeah. That fire hooked me. Yeah, absolutely. TV. Like I, I had a lot of shit to do and, yeah. uh, the news was on in the background when I was eating lunch and the, the anchor was like, oh, and there's um, there seems to be a fire at Notre Dame. You know, we'll stay right. tuned if it turns into anything. And in half an hour, all of a sudden, Brian Williams was on NBC and was like, breaking news. There's a massive fire at the cathedral. And I just, I watched it for three hours. And I was like, oh my God. I'm, yeah. I, I had thought I was going to watch it just burn to the ground. <laughs> yeah. Well, you hear about these like fires at cathedrals and they're always like on the roofs and they're very yeah. small and they like, they're at someone's welding torch that yeah. ignited something. And, and then all of a sudden, like, you look at it and, it and it's to your point it was like after an hour and it was still going and i was yeah, like just wait a minute going and go and then when the spire fell i was like oh yeah oh shit and i saw a picture a drone picture of the roof as it was on fire and it was basically the entire outline of the roof yeah it's crazy just all on fire that that cross yeah uh, back section yeah of the, of the cathedral i mean and and i think i think part of what was so riveting is that it's a huge monument i mean it's yeah. it's super popular i have you seen it yeah, I've been in it. Oh, okay. Yeah, have you been in it? No. Oh, well then, I've fuck been. you. I've I've worked <laughs> But what's funny is that like today, Facebook was just filled with, well, this is me in front yeah, of yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, hey, 
the tragedy was really horrible, but let me show you these pictures of my great vacation right, parents. Right, exactly. Like, um, here I am in front of the rose windows. Yeah, exactly. Um, and it's awesome. And, you know, I, like, just from an architectural standpoint, it's, like, stunning. Yeah. What's um, nice is some of those rose windows were saved. Which is, I can't imagine how yeah. that is possible. So it blew me away. Obviously, a lot was lost. Yeah. But it blew me away as they were talking about the things that were saved in the, the structure itself, like some of those windows. Yeah. And the fact that the two giant towers were saved and mm-hmm. things inside that. But then the fire workers, the rescuers... Uh, that weren't putting out the fire because they could only have so many people up in ladders and yeah. and it, they didn't go inside the structure really because of <laughs> its compromise. But you. they were just anyone that could go in was just grabbing historical shit, just like oh, no running shit. all the paintings out. The um, what do they call it? The, the not the crown. Oh, the crown that, of thorns, right? Yeah, is yeah, okay. Yeah. Is that what it is? The I crown of thorns so. that Jesus wore. I don't know. You're uh, the Catholic dude. I know exactly, but I didn't want to call it a crown. He was crucified in it. It's not exactly like a shining moment. Um, but the one that is believed that he, that Jesus Christ wore when he was crucified was at that church and they saved it. Yeah. And the fact that all this happened during Holy week, they just had Palm Sunday. Yeah. Uh, it's a little crazy. It is crazy. And it's also, I started to think about it today. You know, this church is started in 1150 or whatever it was and finished in 1340, you know, almost yeah, before 200 America. years. Before, well before America, like yeah. hundreds of years before America. I mean, before the continent um, of America. But you read about these kinds of places that, uh, you know, are historical sites or especially mm-hmm. religious importance. And like, the you know, Notre Dame was started in 1150, completed in 1340, suffered a devastating fire in 1547, yeah. and then was rebuilt. And then during World War One was bombed. And in World War Two, the Nazis occupied it. Yeah. At some point in a history book, you know, in 20 you know, 2,225. Right. They'd be like, and suffered a devastating fire in 2019 and then right. was rebuilt in five years through a combination of, <laughs> of Eurozone. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, the fact that like two French people came out and were like, hey, we got 300 million bucks. You know, here you go. See, I... I appreciate the generosity, but I'm also like, there's probably people who are starving and <laughs> would love to have that. Yeah. And, I mean, you can, it's your money. Totally. You where you want. Exactly. But... And and Notre Dame is a beautiful structure. Yeah, I yeah, I was just like, oh, it's shit. more significant to them than you know helping hey, somebody and to each his own. Yeah, so uh, that was not one of my topics, but oh wow, um, okay, it did. It just con- consumed a large chunk yeah, of my day yesterday. I, even before I went to bed, like the fire was still going when I went to bed last yeah. night, and I I honestly this is probably morbid, but I was like, I can't wait to wake up and see see it in the daylight, kind of see the damage. Yeah. And the first thing I saw was that the rose window, there, or that big famous rose window, had survived. And I was like, holy shit. Two, like, the two on the um the short ends of the... There's a word for those. And I, is it the nave? The nave Isn't is the right? nave the whole back section? I don't know. But <laughs> nave, nave is correct. That's a thing. Yes. There's, there is a nave. There's there is a, a nave. But I don't know if the nave is just the just one end of it or the the whole rear structure literally have no idea but nave is a word good flying buttress flying buttress is also a word Mm -hmm. but they were not affected they were not no (laughs) they're stone it's hard to catch stone on fire yeah but like you're this you're right but those were like a supporting structure or the wood inside at least was a supporting structure and the fact that that's gone i'm thinking that when they rebuild they're gonna have to seriously reinforce that building yeah i'm talking like like steel rods through the middle of that limestone but do you think they're gonna put wood in it again because that's historically accurate i don't know some of that wood was original like yeah. eight, 800 no years wonder old. it went up exactly so <laughs> it's been drying for 800 years I, you know i i think wow that's a, that's a really hard call and the spire was only built in the 1900s or 1800s 1800s yeah um 
so people were saying like, how devastating is it to lose the spire? And, and a lot of people are kind of <laughs> like, I mean, it's not really part <laughs> yeah. of the church. It is. It, it but that thing was entirely made of oak. Yes. And so like, well, one would assume that pressure and treated wood and, and, and treated wood right. would be a little bit better safer and safer yeah. now than than the pine forest they or pine forest oak forest they tore down in yeah. eastern france well, well we'll we'll see what they do um macron said in 5 years it'll be completely rebuilt that'll be impressive <sighs> faster would, than they can rebuild a bridge in south norwalk that's fucking true well uh, we've met some civil engineers who are working on it so i'm not surprised yeah that's true <laughs> <laughs> not a smart person um so I started keeping track of some of my dreams because have a dreaming discussion is this okay your hopes only, and dreams or just no, dreams dreams my crazy ass dreams because we've talked about it twice okay and I've just been telling you yeah my dreams were like really loose you have and a crazy. dream journal I, I took a dream journal you have a dream but journal. I only wrote down like two or three of them um if I'm not in them I don't want to hear about it uh I don't you were Kind of. Ew, wait, I was kidding. I don't want to be in your dreams. David Letterman was in one of my dreams. Really? Yeah. Um, I kind of need to go back and, and read these. Um, uh, <laughs> wait, hold on. So you wake up in the morning, you're like, I got to write this down. No, I literally, because I, I woke up and I said, okay, that was a really fucked up dream. And I need to write that down because I've been telling Adam I've, I've had these, these. Based on your probiotics. I don't know. Your if lack of probiotics. No, because I'm, yeah, I'm not taking them. Mm. Um, granted my dreams have died down the last couple of days. So, uh, I don't know what it is, but there was a really, there was a good stretch there between the meditation and coming off the probiotics that okay. I was just like, something is going on with my dreams. So one of them it, within the last week was that my wife was pregnant. Oh dude, congratulations. Wonderful dream. More like a nightmare. <laughs> um, but I only found out and started realizing it at nine months when we were sitting in the waiting room oh. for her to give birth. And as I was sitting there next to her, she was like, okay, you know, like, I think I'm ready. And I looked down, I was like, oh, you're pregnant. And she just had this big belly. <laughs> you just noticed, you didn't notice. And then all of a sudden I started seeing the baby's face, like in what? her belly. And it's like no. nose and it's mouth. And Dude. it was like opening. And in my dream, I was like, oh, the, the baby's right there. It's like a full formed thing. Do you think that means, well, what? Sorry. No, go ahead. Do you think it means that you're just so self centered that you don't even recognize <laughs> like, beautiful moments around you? That you're so dialed in on yourself, you can't like realize that you've brought life into this world? Until the exact moment before it happens. It literally, like, the exact Oh, moment. I haven't even noticed my wife. You've, yeah, you've, you've gained, gained 50 pounds and yeah. you're about to give birth to my child. Hopefully mine. <laughs> well, I don't know. Um, in that same dream. Okay. So I don't know if like I, I got rocked awake and, you know, shifted yep. into a new dream but in that exact same dream all of a sudden i am the jockey for seabiscuit mm -hmm. and rode seabiscuit to a kentucky derby win and, and then seabiscuit got pregnant <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> hopefully it was my child again we don't know we don't um know. and it was it was an emotional moment because it was one of those like tiger woods moments wait that a minute wasn't expected were you more emotional about winning the race or being a father Winning the race. Holy shit. And I think it's because my dream just shifted ah. to this, to this whatever really weird moment. But this was within the same dream yeah. and close enough, close enough together that I was able to remember those two parts of the dream right when I woke up and was able to write it down. Um, and then I woke up feeling a little emotional because that was the last, you know, memory or dream that I had was being Seabiscuit's jockey. The next night. Um, Go on. <laughs> 
Tell me about your our husband. friend's wife. Okay. Do I know this person? Yes, you do. We're going to work with her on some prop work stuff. Oh. Shipped my dog off to be with another family for a month. I don't know why, but she just did. Oh. And it was it was very vivid. It was a very <laughs> memorable moment in He's my like, dream. like, why are you doing this? Um, and, <laughs> oh, yeah. All right, sorry. I'm just reading my notes as I, as I go through this. Uh, that triggered another dog dream. And we were at a dog park in Palmetto Bluff. Okay. Um, I don't know if they have them down there or not. Uh, and it was just oh, like they this, do. They actually do. I've seen really? Them. Yeah. So there's like this really small yippy dog being annoying. Typical. Um, and it was either the dog's owner or somebody that was at the dog park started to walk away and just like kind of walked through the dog and stepped on its on its back two legs Ugh. and broke its back legs. Jesus. And the dog was like whining and going crazy. And the guy just kept walking and somebody said like, hey, sir, like you stepped on that dog and he turned around and it was David Letterman <laughs> and and he like said something, I don't know, a funny quip, fashionable or cool. <laughs> and we're like, oh, OK. Uh, <laughs> in the same dream, I don't even remember these. I'm glad I wrote them down. Uh, someone, for whatever reason, needed a gel mold of my butt. Dude, what is it like living in your fucking I'm head? I'm telling you, Holy this is shit. this is why I started writing them down. A gel mold of your butt? Uh, yeah, I don't know why. I don't. I don't, I don't know. know. I don't know. Uh, and then the last point is is pointless. So I had a dream last night that I was uh, running with the bulls in Pamplona. Would you ever do that? No. No? Why not? I don't think so. Because that one just seems like a dumb risk. I, yeah. dude, I would rather. If I were going to go there, yeah, the fact that there's a chance of just being gored and living yeah. is why I wouldn't do it. You'd rather like, be gored and killed. It's either immediate death or survive and not have a problem. But, okay. There are a bunch of people around me that I don't know and that I don't trust. Oh, and, that's fair. Because to me, I'd be like, I'm, I can run fast if I have to. Exactly. And I can push people out of the way. Oh, see, I, if I just knew that there was an escape route and it was clear for me and I could get out of the way when I have to, yeah. then I might risk it. But the fact that there are a whole bunch of unknowns around, They're I don't think so. Super variable. Yeah. I get it. I was just like, you know, that's something I might do. When I was starting a company um, that didn't go anywhere. This is a long time ago. I know we're starting a company now. It's going to be totally different. Uh, but the head of the VC firm uh, was like, hey, when we go for, for after our Series A, we're all going to Pamplona. We're going to run with bulls. It's like, all right. That sounds great. Sure. Luckily, we didn't get our Luckily, Series A. Yeah, exactly. So, you uh, didn't go do it. Yeah. Uh, do it. So when we do our Series C, we'll go do it. Dude, I'm, I'm yeah. Okay. Right. Uh, our partner would definitely go with us. He'd be a good target. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, buddy. Yeah. Um, all right. I told you uh, this story already, but I wanted to share it here. Um, back to cars. The uh, Model 3 that I saw on the highway driving. Uh, oh, yeah. Over the weekend, a guy was driving a Tesla Model 3 in autopilot mode. And as I approached the car, it looked like the driver's seat was missing. And there was nobody driving the car. Sorry. The driver was leaning back, like reclined in his seat. Just eyes were closed or something, but he was so you looking actually saw up. the driver. It saw the driver. Okay, he that's... was looking up at the ceiling and he had just his hand resting on the wheel, uh, I guess, so that it would sense he's he's still yeah, there and still interacting. Or whatever it is. Yeah. But he was not driving. So I pulled in front of him and I slammed on the brakes. 
<laughs> and to, to the Tesla's credit, it braked and it slowed down. And did he wake up? Uh, I, I don't know. I couldn't see like, into <gasps> it. Oh my God. But that's exactly what I was like really tempted to swerve into his lane and see if the car would react. But then I was thinking, no, there's probably a car next to him and yeah, the Tesla is going to choose like probably, you know, probability of yeah. uh, least chance of getting into an accident or the probability of the lowest amount of damage, whatever it was. And who knows if it's my car. Uh, it like turns into you. Yeah, it's, like, it's just fuck you. It's like iRobot Will Smith style. Yes, <laughs> Kill, dude. kills the wrong person. Holy shit, and haunts me for the rest of my life. Oh my god. Um, you got nothing. You're not bringing anything to this episode. I mean, I brought some of the Title Nine discussion. Yeah. Um, Fascinating. How Bill how, will love it. How how <laughs> how uh, young do you think you have to be to start watching Star Wars? Oh, uh, you could start with episode four. Yeah, like, that's kind of what I was thinking. At eight. Oh, shit. Okay. Because she's not going to understand it. No, I know, but just for like entertainment value, because the trailer came out for the Rise yeah. of Skywalker, and I was like, hey, I'm going to like just show it to her. And she, and she was like, oh, this is so cool. She just sees flashing colors. Yeah, basically. Right. But now she, all she wants to do is like watch Star Wars. Oh. But... Like I went to the Return of the Jedi when I think it was like one of the first movies I saw, and I remember seeing it in the theater. Yeah, and I was four, so I'm thinking four might be a yeah, that's fine. Good age. So I got I've got See, a few years. Yeah, she could watch it and enjoy it, but I don't think she's going to retain any of it, which is fine. Like who cares? She could go yeah. back. There are plenty of movies that I watched when I was even you know 15 that I don't retain totally, uh, and would go back and but watch. But she understands like the dramatic complexities of Frozen. So <laughs> pretty sure that's designed for a child. Yeah, she's pretty good. Uh, yeah, no, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with taking her. And I'm going to show her Alien too. Definitely show her just that. just to freak her out. Yeah, be like listen, she sees something coming out of its chest. Yeah, if you don't eat your dinner, this is what happens to you. <laughs> <laughs> like the threat of just a chest burster happening is just what I want. It's so disgusting. They did such a good job with that cgi or whatever it was animatronic was yeah i mean it? it's a practical effect it's it's basically anima- animatronic it's good that is the only creature that i've had legitimate nightmares about it's gross yeah like the face hugger the chest bur- like that whole like the whole biological ecosystem of those creatures i've had nightmares about literal nightmares i see i haven't had a nightmare about it but i mean it's it a, creeps me out when i see it it's the, like the perfect creature yeah right? yeah, and yeah it's yeah. like Oh, do you ever see uh, Starship Troopers? Yes, of course. Uh, you know the big, giant, ugly bug. Oh, the brain bug that sucks yes, up his brain that, out. Yeah, the one that sucks the brain out, but also when it opens, it's like gooey yeah, mouth like, and like the thing that comes. mandible. When yeah. I saw that, you know, I'm, even today, I see that I'm just like, okay, that is disgusting. Like, it is it, that one really yes. gets to me. I totally agree, and I got to bring this up because that reminded me of this thing that my buddy. Uh, so I he's he's an old writing partner of mine. We used to have a video blog thing together called three chords in the truth a vlog a, a vlog um he said oh i have a podcast topic for you and here you go yeah and here we are thanks man it's an automatic sperm extractor what the fuck? who for people who are too embarrassed to masturbate in hospitals oh it looks, like a, <laughs> <laughs> it looks like a fucked up doorknob uh, it really does it's like a but it's also like a sea sponge. It's like wallowing in the in the surf. Yeah, it's so weird, dude. That's it's just that's free. real. That's real, man. No way. Like that's in actual hospitals. Yeah. The temperature, wetness, and amount of light. What? Wait. 
hold on a second. That's a black hole. No, it says that it 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 that uh, it mimics it replicates a human vagina in terms of temperature, wetness, and amount of light. There's no light in there. <laughs> There's always a light at the end of the tunnel. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a black hole. Uh, dude, that's I, not no way. That's not real. I I don't know, man. Granted, I thought a flashlight was fake for the longest time. Dude, I I don't. I don't know. I don't know. I would never stick my thing in there. That's so gross. As someone who has masturbated in a hospital. <laughs> for medical purposes. For medical purposes. Well, some of them are just for relaxation. <laughs> um, yeah, I would never stick my anything. I wouldn't stick my finger in there. That's disgusting. Granted, it's in a hospital, so they probably do a good job of like cleaning it. I would hope so. Dude, even if they could bleach it, they could light it on fire, and I would still think about the 20 dudes before They could me. order a new model every single time, and yeah. I still wouldn't do I, it. No, not at all. Oh, my God. i gotta got to search and see if that thing's real. I'm sure in India it is. Like, they have crazy medical science over Absolutely. there. But, um, no, nah, not happening. But that seems way too much effort for something that, like... Why can't they just do, like, road trip style? Like when uh, just up the prostate. Yeah, when Sean William Scott just gets it right up the uh, the old <sighs> prostate. I don't know, man. That's much easier. It is. You're yeah. And less expensive than that machine. Yeah. Although you probably have to pay a nurse or some special practitioner a shitload of money if that's yes. their job. Yes. Anyway, end on a high note. Great. <laughs> um, Hey, my sister's in town. Uh, should we have Should we have the final Kelly sibling have to. on the podcast? Uh, we need to have a girl on this podcast. We do. I was I was thinking about that today. Is she actually in town? We should have her on. She is, but I there's not a lot. There's not a lot there. <laughs> oh, I could pull it out of her. <laughs> okay, maybe we can I will, come up yeah, with something. I will go so deep on Eleanor Kelly. Okay, that sounded horrible. <laughs> I really did not mean. For I was that to hoping you would catch yourself. On that. I don't know why I said it like that. All right, I'll I'll ask her if she wants to if she wants to get on an episode. Yeah. Okay. Later. Uh, later.